Hello and welcome to Four on Goal. I'm Adam Noble. And I'm Gary Painter. And I'm Nabil Islam. And welcome to this week's show. A quick shout out to our channel partner, Mandrews95, otherwise known as Mike Andrews. Give him a follow for all good gaming streams. You name it, he streams it. Um, he's a lovely guy as well, so do give him a, shout, a follow. He'd really appreciate that and we'd, we'd appreciate it as well. So how's everyone doing? Very well just today. Yeah, good, good. It's been a decent weekend. Chilled out. Watch a lot of sports. Getting ready for the Liverpool game tonight, are we? Yes, one or another. It's going to be. We record. Everyone's so excited tonight because we're recording before Liverpool, so it's usually less stress. So yes. Uh... By the time we usually record, you guys are either miserable or <laughs> complaining about something. Yeah, yeah. It should be so a let's, uh, game. Now. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. We'll come on to that all in good time. Um, so where do we want to begin this week? We've got, we've got just just for the listeners, we've got no real host this week. We're, we're trying to be a bit more fluid as our as our usual team captain Simon has had a has a knee surgery this week, so he's taking some time to recover. So we're wishing him all the best. Um, where do you want to begin? Who wants to start with the first sport this week? I'll I'll, let, I'll open to the floor. I think we should start with the cricket. Let's do it. Cool. Bill. Cool. Mr. Mr. Cricket Man over here. Yeah. Tell us. Awesome. So the big uh, sort of big games that are coming up uh, on Friday we've got England versus South Africa in the first T20 international now that should be a cracking game uh, we've got some of the world's fastest bowlers on show in Rabada, Nakia and Jofra Archer um, who who all had really great coming off the back of really great so, IPLs What is the fastest bowl Bill? I'm interested what is the fastest bowl speed? So the fastest bowl uh, ball that was ever clocked in history has been 100 Hundred point one miles per hour, I believe. Bloody hell! Yes. You want to get stuck behind that? That came at you, would you? Yeah, yes. Yeah, rapid pace, um, but yeah, should be a fantastic uh, match that one on Friday. And then I guess the big Test match series that is coming up is Australia versus India. So in terms of players that have been called up, so Australia actually named five uncut, uncapped players in their squad. Um, that actually includes uh, all rounder Cameron Green and opener Will Pukowski. Now, Pukowski's actually been in really good form uh, for his um, his Sheffield Shield side. Um, score, he's just coming off the back of two double hundreds, which, uh, for a bit of context, is just ridiculous in itself. Like, getting a hundred is two double... Uh, to, getting two consecutive hundreds is one thing, but to get yeah. two consecutive double hundreds is, yeah, completely unheard of. Um, they've also named uh, Sean Abbott... Uh, Michael Nessa and Mitchell Sweeps, and who, they've all played for Australia before in white ball cricket, but this will be the first time they've been called up for the Red Bull side. On the India front, um, their inspirational captain, Virat Kohli, is actually going to miss three of the four tests. So, I personally speaking, I think that's going to put them at an instant disadvantage. Um, he's actually going to be heading back home to be uh, by his wife's side for, her, her, for his first child's birth. So, we wish him all the best on that one. So it will be vice-captain Rahane actually leading the side in his absence. Um, like I've said, I think it's going to have huge implications on whether India are going to be able to beat Australia because they actually beat Australia when they last played um, in Australia. Uh, I think it was probably a couple of years ago now. Um, but that series begins on the 17th of December and is actually going to consist of four tests. Um, my money's on Australia simply because of home advantage and the, the Virat Kohli factor, like I mentioned. But... It should be an interesting series either way. Out of interest, but I think I was watching Sky Sports the other day. Um, is it is there something historic happening for India to do at this time? I can't quite remember what 
Is, is India not hosted it for some years? Or am I just making it up? I feel like I've heard there was, there was something to do with India that was... Um, they made the news. Any ideas what I'm talking about? Or am I just completely talking shit? I've got to be honest. I haven't really got a clue. Wait, I, 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 we're going to have to break the recording there. I swear. No, 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 I, no, look. No, I think I know where you're on about it. It's not India. I think it was like Pakistan or something. But this oh, not, yeah, um, yeah. England visit. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that, actually. Um, we don't, you don't have to cut the recording. We can. We'll have to cut no, the episode. No, so don't cut on, the recording. No, yeah. Yeah. Let's kind of do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So, so it's the first time in sixteen years, England's going to visit Pakistan, basically. Yeah. It's it's a huge moment. Um, I don't know how much you guys know, but there was actually some terrorist attacks a long, long time ago, um, and this was when Sri Lanka were actually touring Pakistan for a for a series, and ever since then, all uh, international cricket has been banned from. Pakistan, so that's why the Pakistan national team have actually been playing in Dubai all their cricket, uh, the Test match cricket, and uh, okay. so it's a huge moment. And I think Excuse they've me, they've got the um, yeah, because yeah, uh, like the Pakistan people, they've been deprived of seeing their side international, like on the international front. Like they've had domestic games. It's a nice moment then, yeah. But it'll be a great, uh, great moment for Pakistan cricket as well as I think a great moment for English cricket to step back into Pakistan, which is a great place to tour and for cricket as well. Like people are so passionate there, just like in most yeah. countries. But yeah, I say yeah, um, top sport over there. Mm, but a huge moment and one that we're looking definitely be look, keeping an eye on on when the goal. So when's that happening? So that will actually be happening next year. Um, uh, okay. It'll be, I think, it's around, normal, then. yeah, hopefully once the world's done, I'm pretty sure we're, we're, we're well on the way on that one. But it'll be around this time next year that England should be touring Pakistan. So it should be a fantastic awesome. occasion. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Um, so next up is a bit of NFL. Uh, I'm not going to lie, before I start talking about it, I do not watch the NFL, so this is going to be a bit of an abstract moment for me, but we'll see how we get on. Um, Gary's given me the, the gift of talking about sport I have no idea about, but I think Simon, I remember Simon correctly, Simon gave me the Pittsburgh Steelers as my team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, sorry. So um, I, I think they remain on the form team in the NFL from, from the notes here, um, which is good because I support them apparently. Um, they've all they've won all of their nine games so far. I've only seven games to go before the playoffs, and look likely to definitely be joining by the reigning Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, um, which I coincidentally think might be Simon's team actually, but I'm not too sure on that one. Um, there's not too much to speak about in the NFL at the moment because the games are going to be played later on this evening. So as as we're recording a bit sooner tonight, there isn't too much to talk about on this front. But yeah, it's good to see my team doing well, unlike West Ham. Um, so over to you, Gary, to talk about a bit of the NBA. Yeah, so we had the draft this week, and uh, so the first pass, the first pick, always a big name. This year, they were actually kind of disappointed with the quality coming through into the draft. Uh, it was more about quantity this year than quality. There was no real standout performer, but Anthony Edwards got the number one pick, and he was picked by the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, who you probably won't see in the playoffs next year, uh, but... I was a bit surprised, to be honest, because Anthony Edwards wasn't someone I expected. I expected uh, point guard Lamelo Ball to be the number pick, but he was actually fir- chosen third by the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, and second pick was a seven-foot centre, James Wiseman, Blimey. who was picked up by the Golden State Warriors. Now, the Golden State Warriors are a team that I'm going to follow this year. I'm not too impressed with the Lakers' business so far, so I'm kind of switched over to the Golden State Warriors. However, they have just got an injury to Clay Thompson, who is one of their two big name players uh, next to Steph Curry. So Clay Thompson was out 
pretty much all of last season uh, with a knee injury. And he's sustained another one this year. So he's out for the whole season again. Um, it's a massive blow to any possible title challenge that the Golden State Warriors had. So it could be another open year. And it's going to be a very unpredictable season, I think. I want to be man marking James um, Wiseman anytime soon. Jeez. You have, get, you have to get a step ladder to get the ball off him. Just like the one foot four inches above me. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, you, you, you're even shorter than me, blindly. Yeah, I would not want to be. It's not a responsibility I'd want in the game. Um, so moving on, who's next? It's me with the golf by the looks of it. Um, it's a nice story here, actually. I, was, I looked at this one earlier on. Um, Tiger Woods is set to compete with his 11 year old son in a father son competition. Um, it's going to be the first time they've ever competed against each other competitively on, on some level. I don't quite know how big this tournament is, but um, apparently uh, Tiger Woods' son is, is quite the player, really, and he's picked up some of his experience from his dad uh, winning back-to-back youth tournaments last summer. So we could be looking at the future protege of Tiger Woods here, um, taking time on the, the centre stage. We'll see how he gets on. Um, he's only 11, but I'm sure in the next 10 years' time we'll probably see him out there on the, uh, on the green um, winning tournaments just like his dad was. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't have the same uh, dilemma in, in his life that Tiger Woods did. But, um, hopefully he'll be a bit, a bit more of a decent person. But we, we will see. Um, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. It'll be a nice story, hopefully. Yeah, I like this story because it's not a competitive tournament. It's just a nice little father-son competition. Like half the players are pros, half of them aren't. Um, but yeah, his son apparently wasn't even that interested in golf a few years ago. What a surprise, his dad's probably made him. <laughs> you are interested in golf. Probably, but last year he had two back-to-back wins um, at youth yeah. level. So it, it'd be nice. And, you know, I've seen a few of his son's shots that he's done. I'm not sure if it was competitively or just practice shots. But they were like wood, Tiger Woods level. So he could be the next big thing in golf. And it's always nice just father and son you know we've seen it in football where a father's come off as a sub for his son like a few times and it's always a nice story so hopefully they have a fun tournament and just enjoy that'd it be else. interesting that'd be for sure yeah that'd be interesting i think we have a look at the atp tour finals now bill you want to talk about that talk us through that yeah so it's been a it's been a good week of tennis on for dominic tm specifically he's uh he's actually managed to make it into the final He's been on a really, really good run of form um, for most, well, specifically since the restart, I guess, but through, just throughout the year, he's been really consistent. And it and it seems like it is his breakthrough year. Um, I guess what what's missing on his CV at the moment is that big Grand Slam final winning performance against one of the big three. He's uh, correct. I think I was reading yesterday, he's got really good records um, against Djokovic. Federer and Nadal now, at least and this year specifically. But if he can deliver that in a Grand Slam final, I think that will probably just shut up all the minor criticism. Not even that minor uh, doubts that some people have about his um, his level. But yeah, he's he's had a really good um, week at the ATP, ATP Tour Finals. Nadal had a really really good semi final against Danny Medvedev yesterday. Um, and Medvedev actually came out on top. Uh, Nadal at one point actually had three match points, but yeah, Medvedev another one like like TM. He he's had a really good year, but it'll be uh it'll be the finals tonight. Uh, I think it starts around seven o'clock, so it'll be Dominic TM versus Danny Medvedev for the the prize, the last ever London ATP Tour final. Um, last ever? Yeah, so they're moving it. 
they're moving it to Turin next year. It's been it's always been like the traditional sort of season ending like tournament, and they always uh, host it at the O Super. I don't know, well, since like 2005 or 2006 or whatever it was. I wonder how come they're moving it. Uh, I think it's my, it's probably a financial thing. Um, they probably want to promote in other parts of the world, which makes sense in a way. But it's sad because I, like Gary mentioned last week, I've always wanted to go to one of those sort of matches at the O2 and just sort of um, experience the atmosphere. But we look forward to it. I think TM's, TM's probably going to edge it just, but... No one should count out Medvedev because he's been on a really, really good run of form as well. What's happened to Murray at the moment? Is he still injured? Uh, no, not really. Or, or just not qualifying. Well, yeah, so not this one's only for the top eight players in yeah. the world, Adam, for this year. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, because of where say. Murray missed half of it and then when he came back, he didn't really do anything. He was yeah. nowhere near qualification standard. Yeah, totally understandable there. Um, so yeah, Murray didn't qualify, but going back to what you said earlier about TM Nabil, like mm. winning that Grand Slam in the US, I know it wasn't against one of the big players, but I think that really solidified his top like five ranking in the world and just yeah. shows how good he actually is because he has been so like consistent. And like when Nadal goes, I think he'll definitely be the man that's winning the French Open pretty much every year. Yeah, because the record on clay is just phenomenal, really. Yeah, I was reading an article yesterday, and it's kind of it's kind of weird because TM's obviously reached like reached his first few finals. They reached was on out on the French clay, mm. but it seems he sort of developed in his his hard court game a lot of, uh, in the last couple of years, and obviously that's where he won his first um, Grand Slam title in, at the U.S. Open earlier, uh, sort of like a couple of months ago now, really. Yeah, but it, it, yeah, I think he, him, him, like Nadal in, in the past, he's really like, like you mentioned, improved his game a lot, and I think, I think he will have, he'll win a lot more Grand Slams, obviously. I, uh, with it's just the way it, it's working out. Nadal and Djokovic are probably gonna be declining. You'd like to think in the next few years, and TM certainly looks like the one of the new generation of players that that's gonna be leading. On that front, I think people like Zverev and Sitsipas, they'll always, they'll be up there. But TM's the one that's, for me, I've seen the most consistency out of the, the new generation of players. Yeah, there's no doubt he's the one that's definitely going to break up the big traditional three or four, mm. so, as you speak. But um, yeah, like he's quality and it, it will be a good final because both of these players are quite young. Yeah. Like Medvedev is like a very inconsistent performer. But during this tournament, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Like he has beaten everyone. Um, but yeah, I I would like to see TM win it because I just think he's the better player and I yeah. think he's going to have the better career overall. But mm. I wouldn't be surprised if Memphis did win it because TM did actually lose in last year's final as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, they've always had. I think his last few years, there's always been a new winner on the mm. uh, on the trophy. Since like 2016, when Murray won it for the first, like, so first. Nadal still hasn't even won the Yeah, Nadal. Yeah, and I, I can't personally. I can't see him ever winning it. <laughs> the way it's no, going. not now. Anyway, no. he'd have better. to win it this year mm. or at least next. Yeah, I think next year will probably be his last chance. Mm. But that will still be a tough ask. Exactly that. Anyway, if we switch over to a, another big tournament now, the Grand Slam of Darts. So this is, oh, yeah, this is slightly 
different to your normal darts tournament. Normally, it's just a round of 32 knockout stage. Grand Slam, you have four groups, um, no, four players in a group, sorry, and there's eight groups. So there's actually two women as well every year. This year is Lisa Ashton and uh, Mizuki, or I can't pronounce her name. But yeah, so that was this year's uh, women. So basically, they play each other once in the group stage and then top two qualify for the knockout stage. So um, this year, the women actually did okay, to be fair. They both neither won a game, but they both had a 5-4 defeat, which is closer can come to a win, really. Um, but there were a few big casualties in the group stages. Peter Wright failed to qualify. Uh, his group was actually very tough in that second, third, and fourth only won one match each. So it came down to leg difference. So he went out and if, after finishing third in that group. And Glenn Durant, the Premier League champion, went out without a single win. He had coronavirus a few weeks ago. He came back onto the tour last week. Hardly had a win. Clearly isn't feeling well. But he still turned up to the tournament. And, you know, you might hear in my voice a bit of anger. Like, as if, <laughs> as if I've had a bet on him to win one of the matches this week. I can't uh, tell you angry, Gary. You haven't raised your voice at all. No, you know, it's not like I had him to beat a player that he should be beating easily and he was throwing fives every two seconds. You know, he was awful. He shouldn't have been there. He clearly isn't well. Maybe he still has the virus and he doesn't know it. I don't know. But he's not a well man. He shouldn't be at the tournament. He's just taking a space that someone <laughs> he's else. He's not a well have. man. <laughs> <laughs> he really isn't. Like I don't know why he bothered turning up. He clearly wasn't going to win. Um, but yeah, like I said, the ladies did all right this week. You never really expect them to win at the moment. You know, you had Fallon Sharrick at the World Championships last year. But she was a bit of an anomaly. I don't think we're going to see that again for a while because the standard just isn't quite there. Um, so we went into the last 16 yesterday and the day before. There's only one real surprise, and I wouldn't even call it a surprise. It was Nathan Aspinall beating Gerwin Price 10-8. So a close game there. And Aspinall is a very good player, to be fair. So can't take anything away from him. But Price was someone you kind of expected to be in the final, at least. Um but the quarterfinals are taking place today. Uh, the first one was actually Michael Smith, who you expect to be up there as well. He lost to Jose De Sosa, who I don't want to slag him off, but... <laughs> You're going to do it anyway. Michael Smith should be winning that one comfortably, but he lost 16-4. And now our local man, James Wade, he's just won 16-13 against Damon Heater. Uh, Damon Heaters was a surprise of the tournament, to be fair, because he came over from Australia. He was living in like Essex, I believe, and he's just started piling on the events. And all of a sudden, he started winning loads of games. And he did all right during the group stages. He won two of his three games. He only lost to Wade. Uh, he then won his last 16 game before being, uh, losing to Wade today. Uh, the other two semi-finals are between Nathan Aspinall and Dmitry Vandenberg, two very on-form players. And Michael Van Gerwen, who seems to have found his form, up against Simon Whitlock, who's a very dodgy player. He's, he's someone that can get results, but can also have the worst day on earth. So there'll be two very interesting ties, and obviously the semi-finals and final will be tomorrow. So that's that. And then 
Lastly, in the sport that's not football, we go over to snooker, where it's the Northern Ireland Open, where for the third year in a row, we have Ronnie O'Sullivan playing Judd Trump. Now, the talking point of this year's tournament, because it's not a major <laughs> tournament, but the to- talking yeah. point this year is Ronnie O'Sullivan breaking wind mid-game in his first what? round game. Yeah, so he was sat he was sat down whilst his opponent was taking his shot, and he just broke wind. He blamed it on the referee. Uh, he was joking, obviously. He even admitted after the game that it was actually him that let one off. But apparently he's been struggling with uh, stomach problems for the last few months and he just had a lot of trap gas and he just let it go um Blimey. it seems to be working though because he did reach yeah, the final for that. <laughs> uh, not sure how smelly it was but he's currently li- uh, losing 5-3 to trump in the final like i said um they've played each other for the last two years in this tournament it's a first of nine games trump is the favorite trump is the world number one at the moment as well. Ronnie's only number two in the world after his world success a few months ago. So, you know, it's good to see Ronnie doing well still, but I think it is coming to an end for him. And I don't think he'll be staying around much longer, even if these stomach now, pains now stay. Uh... So, yeah, that, that's snooker for you at the moment. <laughs> not much going on. Didn't he say not long ago that there's no one out there as good as him? Yeah. Um, I think that was more... Just Ronnie being Ronnie and just trying to be big-headed. Uh, <laughs> he he knows there's quality players all around at the moment, even at amateur level. So the problem with Ronnie, you can never take what he says seriously because he wants the headlines. He wants people to be talking about him. That's his way. You know, he also said a few weeks ago he wasn't going to be playing tournament after tournament because of how they had to stay in a bubble. And yet he's been playing tournament after tournament. Like we've been seeing him play more tournaments since uh, the end of lock the first lockdown than we've probably had over the last few years. He very much only turned up for a select few tournaments, whereas now at the moment he's been playing all of them. So it's good to see, but I don't think we will see him for too much longer on the tour. So if we want to talk about football now, we can. <laughs> are, you, are we allowed now, Gary? Thank you yeah. very much. I know Neville was waiting in the corner for that one. <laughs> Right, where shall we begin? Where shall we begin? Should we start with the Premier League and the Mourinho mind games that he's been playing with um, a bit of pep over the weekend? Yeah, yeah, it was a good performance. Uh, I say it was, a, it was a typical Mourinho performance. It was very much the impetus was on Man City in a way to, to bring what they had to the table and any mistakes, Mourinho's side would pounce on it and yeah. just, just like that. They did. Like, Man City, I don't think it was a bad performance from Man City, necessarily. I think the finishing can definitely improve, and I think this that's been one of the real issues that City have been uh, struggling with since, I guess, Aguero's injury. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I've been really, really impressed with Spurs. I think there's there's a lot of improvement in that Spurs side. Now, when I look at that Spurs side, it looks like a proper Mourinho side. You've got Hoiberg in the middle, I guess, who's that, that general that Mourinho always likes in his side, like you think back to his previous ones, he's always had a Matic or a um, McAlealy, mate, McAlealy in the heydays. But no, it was a good John Terry. John, yeah, he's a centre back, mate. <laughs> I'm talking like midfield general. Sorry, I'll be talking about centre back. Sorry, yeah. I apologise. Um, I must admit, the performance yesterday did remind me of a Chelsea versus Liverpool performance. 
you know, it's just one of those performances where they just did nothing, but they got a result. And I yeah. absolutely hate to see it. Mm. Um, <laughs> but Adam did say about mind games earlier. And Mourinho did it superbly this weekend because in the build-up to the game, he was complaining about players, uh, Raheem Sterling specifically, being pulled out of the England squad due to injuries. And then he was saying, oh, well, Raheem Sterling's going to be playing on Saturday. So now Pep's got to go, well, hang on. If I play him, people are going to start thinking I'm pulling players out of international duty. So he, he had to kind of not play him meaning he had a weaker team. So either way, Mourinho got what he wanted because if Tottenham had lost and Sterling had started, it's, well, hang on, I let all my players stay for the internationals. He hasn't. Kane was only playing Wednesday night and he's now playing on Saturday midday. So Yeah, exactly. Whereas if Sterling doesn't start, Mourinho just, he's won because of where City are playing a weakened team, basically. So it was yeah. superb mind games and, you know, it's... It's not. It's kind of nice to see because you know that's why he's there. He's to get the upper hand. Well, he's what he's known for, isn't it? Yeah, Mourinho being a bit mind games. He's, in the past, he's been lonely, but now he's actually playing mind games again. But if you look at the players that were on the bench for City, you had Aguero, you had Sterling, you had Foden. All these players were away on internationals, so it's almost as if Pep had to go. Well, hang on, my internationals kind of have to start on the bench here because Mourinho's been moaning. Yeah, yeah. So it it was really good to see. To be fair. But do you um, really think a manager of Pep's calibre would cave into that? I, I think he would, yeah. I think he doesn't want to be seen as this guy that's telling his players he can't, they can't represent their countries. Yeah. No okay. one wants, no manager wants to be seen as a guy that's telling you not to represent your country. Something that's meant to be like the proudest moment of your career. So Pep's kind of got to go, well, hang on, I've pulled Sterling out. I can only play him for half an hour. I might as well just I reckon a lot of it comes down to the players as well. The players, a lot of the players, I reckon can't be asked either. I reckon a lot of them. We got to remember as well. Put... The England game specifically was a pointless game. Like yeah, not even I played that full strength team. Like no one wanted to play in it. Oh, I know, but still, look, you're still representing your country. And it might be yeah. the only chance you ever get. So some. It's a bit it's like when we went down. to Wembley, Adam, to watch England Brazil, and yeah, nil nil, and no one, no one was even running in that game. They that was, was a very, very. They struggled game. to go into like a jog at most. It, yeah. Most most players don't care anymore, unless it's our big tournament. They just don't care. And it's a shame, yeah. shame because you see Scotland. They they qualified for the Euros and the players clearly loved it every minute of it. And then you see England players and they just don't really seem to care yeah. anymore. Yeah. Like, I understand where you're coming from that yeah. one. I think, yeah, a lot of it comes down to the players not really too fussed either way they play or don't play in some of the games. But Mourinho did his job. And I have to say, Son, I don't, I don't like Spurs at all, but Son is one of the best players in the league at the moment. I, don't you agree? I think just his ability on the ball, the way he can finish, he's he's a bit like Mane, I think, um, with, with his pace I think as that well. Kane-Son combos work, works wonders. Mm. Like Kane's like dropping so much deeper now. Because he knows Sun can just beat a player with pace, so Kane's like accuracy with his passing and Sun's just pace and fit clinical finishing. It's just superb. And like, I don't think they'll win the league, but I expect them to be right up there at the end of the season. Just because if they keep them too fit, no yeah. one's going to stop them. No one. No, at the moment. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I hope they don't win the league. I don't like Spurs, but I'm, I'm not, I can understand what you mean. They got that's a they've got a great front line at the moment, and um, yeah. If Ken can learn to play that deeper role as well, it makes you wonder how what where his career is going to go. Really, you make the mode to put someone in front of him. 
Son is <coughs> no, definitely but... looking like he could be player of the season as well. Like, there's no doubt about it. He's it's been hard. like the shining bright in the yeah. in the Premier League this season. It's like I don't think anyone has been putting performances in like him at the moment. Yeah. No, he's a great player. Um, I was going to say, how do you think the title race is shaping up then with that result? Because I know you guys don't play until later on this evening, so it'll be interesting to see how that that sort of shapes up. Do you reckon it's where? where how is it? How's it going to play out? Do you reckon? What's your sort of early predictions? How it's going to go? Uh, it's going to be an absolute dogfight, I think. Um, it could be the most interesting, interesting one for a few years, I think. Yeah, it's definitely looking the closest it has for a very long time. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think like City, I still think will be up there, even though right now they're dropping. They seem to be dropping points a lot, but yeah, at the moment they're bottom half of the table. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it is not. That's not what you expect City to be. But then you've got Spurs, Leicester in the top. Um, Chelsea as well. Like Chelsea, Chelsea they, and sorry, they don't look like they're yeah. going to lose at the moment either. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It is making it a very interesting uh, title race, really. Because even coming, even looking ahead to the Liverpool Leicester game tonight, that is a big game. Because obviously, if Leicester win, they'll go top. If you win, I don't know, you'll go joint top. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, 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 too bad to go top. Yeah, it's definitely too bad to get a top bus. It'll keep you up there. But if you lose it, the, like, the chase is on, really, because that is not, it's not a game you really... It's not, it's not a must-win at this stage of the season. It is quite early doors still. You don't want to um, lose. You don't want to lose wanna the lose game, but you don't. Game. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it's, it's yeah. a game you don't want to lose. Well, you never want to lose yeah, a game at make, home. It will make your job a lot harder either yeah. way. If you win, your job's still hard. If you lose that game, your job's even harder because you've got to make up points at some point in this season. And then... With your current injury list, that's going to, it's going to be a challenge. Mm. But no, um, it's too. I think right now it's it's quite tight to call. I I still just going off past years. I'm I'm still going to back City and Liverpool to be up there. But Spurs, I think, will be the one that just because of the Spurs Mourinho. Or Spurs at some point probably Spurs. They they may up. they may well do, but <coughs> I think the Mourinho factor. It's just it's just playing on the back of my head, and I think they they'll probably they they might be up there, but let's see. They got Europa League to contend with as well. Let's not forget. And let's not rule out Leicester. Mm. They're still up there. If they if I decide to fit that entire season, who knows where they'll end up? So United were fortunate to win against West Brom, and there's plenty to talk about VR in this game, really. And I the retaking of the penalties, like that 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 I was watching on match today and I thought, really, why is that being retaken? I can understand he came off the line, but every keeper comes off the line to a certain degree when the ball's been kicked. So I thought it was harsh and I thought again, um, I saw a stat yesterday as well, I think I screenshotted it, is that um, United have had the most VAR decisions in their favour so far this season. So yeah, what your guys Like yeah. I thought West Brom were unlucky to be fair, because although United dominated the open play and they definitely had all the chances as you'd expect. West Brom should have had the penalty. The referee gave them a penalty and then VAR overturned it. Now, personally, I felt it should have been a penalty. I know a few United supporters that actually thought it was definitely a penalty as well. So the fact that West Brom had their penalty overturned and like you said, United got to retake their penalty. Yeah, I thought they'd been joke, very really. fortunate there. Like, And I understand the rule of the keeper coming off line. You have to retake it, but it is a pointless rule. You know, unless the keeper's run 10 yards off his line in that two seconds of the run-up. And you got to remember, Fernandez takes a very long run-up. Like, it's a very slow run-up with his little jog in, well. then, then the little jump up in the air. You know, 
there's no need for that. And obviously, if the keeper's got to wait all that time, he's going to come off the line. Yeah, and you've got, you've got to get a little bit of movement as well. You can't stay literally on your spot. You've got to no. jump a little bit. So it was harsh and um, a lot of, a lot went in United's favour again. So I've actually found what I screenshotted yesterday just to talk about. Um, VR overturned decisions for United with five, Brighton and Palace behind with four, Everton three, Newcastle three, Sheffield United three. So United are at the top. They're not at the top by miles, but they have had the most VAR overturned decisions. Um, in the league, whilst City, Liverpool, Burnley, Chelsea, and West Brom have one to zero um, in their favour, so yeah, it, there is a definite swing. It's probably a bit too much. There's a conspiracy going on, but it is just a bit typical United that always seem to get the favours there for some reason. Yeah, it's like when Fergie was at United, they all had always had Fergie time. They always seem to get some kind of decision go their way. And now they're the penalty kings. Like they just get a penalty every game. It's ridiculous. Yeah, most time every time I look at the score sheet, it always says Bruno Fernandes penalty. Yeah. So <coughs> I don't quite understand why they're getting so many. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, which is typical. It's United, really. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where most of the time, as well, I don't think many people agree with the penalties, and or at least nearly just went one. But um, yeah. It's just one of those things we're going to have to get over. They, they keep getting penalties. They're going to keep getting penalties. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, it just irritating to, um, it's always to be them. But is there any other, there any other games in the Premier League we'd like to talk about? Uh, any other highlights? Villa, Villa coming off, um, not the best really against Brighton, which is a surprise really, because I did predict Brighton. Brighton um, to lose there. Yeah. Um, I don't want to spend too long on it, because we, t- we will talk about it as in Prem Focus, but just a quick, Overlook really. Yeah. Um, let's look at let's look at the, some of the other leagues. So I want to start. Hey, if we do just quickly touch on that Villa game, yeah, because I don't know if it, did any of you guys see that game? Yeah, it was a bullshit. Um, there was a couple of because there was apparently a penalty right at the end for Villa that was then overturned. Mm. Did, did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah. So basically, what happened was, I think Trez, it, the player that got fouled, or we thought was fouled, was Trezeguet, and he sort of um, he sort of cut back inside. This was in the penalty area, and basically, one of the Brighton defenders, like, it, he, I, I, it, it's hard to tell these days with penalties, because I've seen the same decisions given for penalties, and some of them just not been penalties. Personally, I thought it wasn't a penalty, so I think the ref did has did get the right decision in the end but uh, yeah I can see why Villa would feel hard done by on, on that one but yeah because Tarek Lamptey actually got a red card like sent off didn't he 
Yeah, I think I think Brighton might appeal with that actually. Um which again it was a pretty it was harsh, but I don't I don't think appealing it they're gonna win the appeal or anything like that. And that's actually a big blow for them because apparently uh Lallana picked up a knock uh towards the end of the first half and he was one of Brighton's best players in the first half. So if Lallana yeah, and Lamptey are out half time. Yeah. So if Lallana and Lamptey are out and I think they got Liverpool um at home next as well. So that's gonna be a massive blow for them, especially Lamptey, because he's been one of the best right backs in the league this season. Yeah, them two players have definitely been like their star players this season. Mm. Like they haven't really had anybody else step up so far. Uh, but Danny Welbeck obviously scored for them, so yeah, he's back. <laughs> yeah, he's that back guy again. Wilbs. He's injured. That guy Welbs. Yeah. He's played the last three games for them. To be fair, so fair play to him. Yeah, if he can't stay injury free, we know he can score goals, yeah. and it, Brighton need that right now. Mm. Because they are just like, okay, they're six points clear of the relegation zone. But they don't look like a team that's going to keep picking up points. And if Lamptey and Lalana are out, then mm. they're not going to pick up any points then. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll come to it more in the Prem Focus show. But yeah. it's, it's interesting, really, how the, how the league's starting to shape up. And I was watching West Ham earlier on. Obviously, they got a win today, put them in the top half of the table. The commentators are saying it's too early in the season to start looking at what's going on. But we're nine games in now. I mean, we are just under a quarter way through the season. So it is time to shape up and you can start looking at what's going on. And I think we can start to predict where people might end up at the end of the season. There's always a few um, a few wild cards that happen. But I think we can start to see how it's going to shape up. The title race does look exciting, I think. Um, Lads, we have some breaking news. Some insight. News. Some Ooh, ITK. Drop. So apparently Tiago Tiago is in the Liverpool squad for tonight. Oh, someone's excited, but will he start? No, 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 no. I think it's way too soon to. He'll be on the bench. That is if the rumours are correct. Where has this come from? Indy Kaler again. The chicken, no, the man. no, it's actually come from Twitter. But, oh, yes, know. that's a story. That's a, that's, a, that's a great source. It's reliable. It's reliable. Show, it's it's a reliable well, source. Anyone in particular, or just Twitter as a well. whole, like Twitter's official account, just. Yes, it's one of the um, it's one of the more like reliable ITKs for Liverpool. Burying the like the burying the KFC outside of um, Anfield. <laughs> um, I've just seen Thiago walk into the ground. <laughs> Shall we talk about oh, Scotland and and the SPL? Yes, let's, cause I saw you tweeting about this earlier on. I'm sure you're keen to talk a bit about Rangers and Stevie G. I wonder why. Oh. Well, there's the link. <laughs> Stephen Gerrard. There we go. I wonder why. Go on. Yeah, go on, I mean, it's, it, it's it's not it's not just the CVG element. I think it's more the fact that I think most people are just sick of seeing Celtic win the league every season, and it's just nice to see them being so far off the pace. But so for Rangers, for a bit of context, so they played about fifteen games in the league this season, and they've only conceded three goals, and they're currently eleven points clear. Although Celtic have a couple of games in hand. But Where's your, have you got have you got a Rangers shirt on at the moment? Since when are you such a big Rangers fan? You know, mate. <laughs> I wonder what since Stephen Gerrard went there. I wonder. Mon the Jers, Mon the Jers. Yeah, because yeah. I would say conceding three goals in the Scottish League is quite a feat, but it's not really, is it? Look at look at the quality of the teams up there. I know it's a got you can feel free to carry on talking about them, but yeah. well, you say that, mate. I mean, Celtic conceded fifteen, so. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, CSPL, but even then, to have a record like that for any of the leagues is pretty impressive. I reckon that I reckon the Bengal Lancers five-a-side team could probably stop conceding five <laughs> goals in that league. 
Um, but it's been a good season. Carry on. It's been a good season for Rangers, both domestically and in Europe. They're, they're currently sitting top of the Europa League group as well, which actually includes Benfica and Standard Liège. So they've, okay. Steven Gerrard's actually got them playing really good football at the moment. The, the question mark for me always with Gerrard, at least for the last few seasons when I've watched Rangers players, what's their style of play? Because every time I've seen them, it's been a bit like defensive and sort of Mourinho-like in a way. But sort of this, I, I feel like this season, the style of play's really progressed. Like there's a clear identity for them, which is actually what Celtic don't have at the moment with Neil Lennon. They every time I watch Celtic at the moment, they I can't I can't tell like what what they're trying to like achieve, what type of type of football they're trying to do, and that's partially contributed to why they yeah. dropped so many points this season. But Rangers are looking good at the moment, I think. I know it's uh, it's a bit early to say. It's it's kind of like the the Liverpool jinx thing from like the last years, few years that we had it. But they look. I think that this might be the year for Rangers, providing they don't slip up. After Celtic, yeah, make a difference after Celtic winning it constantly for the mm. last how many years? Nine years. Nine, yeah, yeah, nine in a row. They wanted to make it. Yeah. I, I I can't wait. I'm I'm waiting with bated breath for this result. Ah, oh, I'm sure you are. Gary, you can choose our next destination. Where should we stop next? I think if we page. go over to Germany. Oh, yeah. Some good cracking uh, Haaland performance yesterday, wasn't it? Go on, then. You, you feel free to go ahead. Dortmund. Gary's, Gary's also a bit of a fan of Haaland at the moment as well, so I'll let him <laughs> talk a bit about it as well. I think I think we all are, in a way, because the guy's a Terminator. Like it, it, it literally looks like he was built in a lab. Just He's like the perfect centre forward. He, he won the uh, European Golden Boy yesterday morning, and then to come up and... In the evening, score four goals off the bench as well. It's just ridiculous. Uh, sorry, was he off the bench? It was a 17 minute hat trick as well. It's just crazy. And he ended up with four goals um, as Dortmund won like 5 2. So, big fan of Erling. And I think, yeah, like like we've said, many future times, Lewandowski. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he's already, I think him and Lewandowski are probably the, the two players that have scored the most goals since um, Haaland joined. Bundesliga um January of this year, which is yeah, weird in itself, but yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal what he's doing to be fair. And he's I don't think he's ever gonna stop to be fair. Like yeah. I honestly think even when he's in his thirties, he's gonna be scoring this. He is the next big thing. Mm. Like imagine him and Mbappe in the same team. Oh, like it'd just God. be absolutely crazy. We talk about Norman <laughs> Fresh in Hertha Berlin. Bayern Munich struggled at home to Bremen. Yeah, they dropped Bremen. they dropped points, didn't they? Yeah, so Bremen were leading at half time, and then Kingsley Coman got an equaliser, but um, Bayern couldn't find a win. And the player we were talking about the other week, Jamal Masselia, uh, an English youngster, he's only seventeen years old, actually started for uh, Bayern yesterday in their game. He played about sixty odd minutes there. Um, after scoring for England under-21s in midweek. So, Bayern clearly think he's a good player. He's now in the under-21 team. He could be in that England squad next and next year's Euros. Like, he seems to be doing it. Um, but Leipzig had a chance to go joint top yesterday, but they drew away to Frankfurt. So, you know, it was one of those where everyone had a chance to kind of catch Bayern... It's probably the only slip of Bayern they're going to have for the next few months. And no one took it. So I think Bayern are going to run away with it now. Just because when you got a chance to catch up with them and you don't do it, you're going to get punished. So, you know, 
it's a shame. It is but... a chance missed, but yeah, no, it's um. I wonder how they'll fare when um, Lewandowski eventually leaves or retires. But saying that, they've probably got the resources to find a strike equal to his level, and there's a good chance that Haaland will probably end up at Bayern, um, Bayern Munich. The way that league sort of goes. Um, yeah, talking of another tight league though, let's head over to the Liga because that's how's that shaping up at the moment. Um, I know it was, it's quite competitive. It's looking quite spicy. It is looking extremely spicy. Um, so yesterday was Atletico Madrid versus Barcelona. And what spice level are we talking about? Are we talking extra hot? Or are we talking very hot? It's or getting it's getting media? to very hot because all it's it's a bit like last season, really. Barcelona and Real Madrid are dropping points. Although Barcelona look really really bad this season, I think they're going to be challenging for a top four spot and nothing more at the moment. They, Currently, they're sitting eleventh. Yeah, they they are a mess. Like we've said many times, they are a mess. And even like Messi's head just does not look in it. Even though like Messi's head not being in it, he's still carrying that team. But yes, they they were they were shocking last night. They picked up. They've had a few injuries as well. Ansu Fati's out for a few months. PK, um, from what I've heard, is out for a few months as well. As well as Sergio Roberto. Dembele's hurt his oh, shoulder. Yes. Only yeah. the that's literally all of the team I can name at this stage in their uh, yeah in their life cycle Barcelona that's not good either yeah and they lost to Atletico Madrid last night away one nil um, so Atletico Madrid on one hand are looking really so good they, they've got, so they've got two games in hand they're currently got eight games played at twenty points yeah um, so obviously if they win both their games in hand they'll go top Real Sociedad currently top the table going one nil up against um, Cadiz. Um, they sit on 23 points. So I think Real Sociedad will definitely be up there this season. Um, Villarreal sit in third and Real Madrid in the fourth with one game in hand. Um, but even with their one game in hand, they'd only go up to um, third in the table at most. Mm. Yeah, Real Madrid. I keep saying Atletico. I, I think you could be right, Gareth. Yeah, they, they, don't, they right. don't look like they can lose. They've conceded two goals in eight games in the league, scored 18. They were missing Suarez yesterday as well. Yeah, so they didn't even have a full strength team against Barca yesterday because uh, Suarez had COVID, I believe. And yeah, like even if they win both games in hand, they're yeah. three points clear with a far superior goal difference than most teams. Like Real Sociedad have had a really good season. Like they're on a plus seventeen goal difference. They've only scored uh, conceded four all season as well. But Atletico just look like they're going to run away with it this year. No one looks like they can beat them. So I, I honestly would put all my money. On oh, Athletic Madrid winning the league this year. It looks like Kieran Tripper might actually win a game. <laughs> win a league, sorry. What a career he's going to have. Um, no, but it's a tight league. That's definitely going to be an interesting league. I don't know how long, many years it will stay like this. There's a good chance that the next few years it may stabilise. Or we could, could we start be seeing the downfall of Barcelona? Do you think they're going to return from losing Messi? No. Because he's going to leave. If Messi goes, they are going to go through their AC Milan, Man United phase where. They'll be mediocre for a while. I've, I have a serious feeling that they don't have be. the money either. They don't yeah, have the money exactly. to buy I mean. world class players. We could be seeing the end of Barcelona as a as a top team for some time. I don't think they'll go like completely. No, I they won't go. They will. They'll be going through I think that. They'll, they'll just become an average La Liga team, and that'll be it. It'll be, it'll, it'll switch the the, the, the cycle now. It'll be Real Madrid. Even they're struggling a bit more these days. And Atletico Madrid are going to be the two top teams. I think Barcelona's time. It's starting to come to an end. Um, mm. I'm not going to say it's sad to see. I didn't really like them. I was more of a Real Madrid supporter than Barcelona. If I had to choose the two, but it's yeah. I think without Messi, it's their time. Their time's up, and um, they're not selling him. So they're not going to get any money for him. The only thing they're going to get is money off their wage bill. Yeah. 
Anyone? Yeah, I, can't, I kind of agree with that. But when Messi leaves, I think they're just going to come a team that just doesn't win the league for years. Yeah. I still yeah. think they're going to constantly be top four, uh, top six at least for Europe places. Because it's not exactly, Spanish FA. Because yeah. obviously uh, in Spain, the way clubs are run are completely different over here. So yeah. the, it's kind of the Spanish FA that kind of controls the clubs and they kind of authorize uh, transfers in and outs. So I think if Barca really wanted to spend money they didn't have, just to keep Barca this big name money because of how much money Barcelona brings into the Spanish league, I think they'll kind of just allow them to do it. There is um, a good chance though that you could you could see that they start to look at other teams like Atletico Madrid in their stead if that's the case. They could go, okay, maybe Barcelona's time's up because it's, they, they have, they've, they've been a one-man team for years, which is messy. And they've had a few other good players, but I think they missed the boat with selling him. I think the biggest issue they've had as well is if you remember, like, years ago, they had so many players coming from their Barcelona academy. Oh, yeah, loads. Now, apart from Ansu Fati, and I get, like, this season they're trying to integrate a few more players. I think they know they've got to bring in the youngsters, and they have some world-class players. But, apart from, like, over the last 10 years, they haven't really been that real player to come through. So they haven't even been able to sell a world-class player out that didn't fit into their team. It's just they keep on buying, buying, buying for loads of amounts. And because that's the problem now. If you're a big team, you have to pay over the odds to get a player. And in Spain, like they're spending 70 million on an average player. We've seen it with Real Madrid as well. The amount of sentiments they've brought that just aren't that great. But they've spent 50, 60 million uh, euros, like million euros on them. And it's just not good enough. Uh, Barcelona really need to start looking at their academy more because we've seen how many quality players are in that academy before. And they've kind of just let so many of their top like, youngsters just leave to, uh, to another Spanish team and then abroad in the last few years. And they really need to start holding on to them players, integrate them into the team, and we'll see the Barcelona return. Uh, I don't know how they're going to sort out their financial issues, though. Yeah, I, was, I was actually going to say... Um... There's not many players you could sell there either. Um, no, definitely. for any good price. There's not a player you go, oh, that's an eighty million pound player. Um, it's uh, yeah, there's not many players that are attractive, attractive to buy. That's what I was going to say. They're all know. old. They're all old. They're yeah. all too expensive. Like no one would want them. There's mm. just no need. And it's like if you look at their summer signings as well. Like they brought Genio Dents from um, Ajax, which I think was a very good buy. Yeah, I think they probably paid more than they needed to for him, especially considering as he's probably not going to be a starter for the whole season. Yeah. But then they also brought um, uh, Pjanic from Juventus. Now, I understand Arthur went the other way, so it kind of balanced out. But they still technically gave Juventus like 20, 30 million euros for Pjanic and Arthur. Like, they gave away Arthur, who's a much younger player. I think he's like six years younger than Pjanic. He's probably on par... Ability-wise, but Barca still gave them an extra thirty million on top of the Arthur money, and it just makes no sense. And that—that's the problem with Barcelona. They've been run so poorly at the moment that they're giving away good players and money for a player that's I think you can slightly Messi frustration, then can't you? Yeah, and like to be honest, I think it is slightly Messi's fault as well. I think he's kind of dictating who comes and who goes. 
Yeah, he's got his favourite, hasn't he? This has been happening for the last five or six years with Messi. He's come even the Coutinho scenario fiasco. What happened with trying to get him off for you? That was a crazy one as well. Yeah, and it, it just shows you how poor they've been run. And hopefully, with their new president, uh, when they fully hire a new one and not a temporary one, hopefully they get it right and they can start sorting out the signings properly. And just I know they've got a new scheme that brings in more money that they're starting uh, next season. So hopefully we do see them in turn because it's a bit like Ajax. You, you want to see them at the top because of how historical of a club they are. You don't really want to see them struggling mid-table and just becoming a boring team. So let's hope we see that happening. Let's move over to the Italian leagues now. Gary, can you talk a bit about what's going on over there? I know you probably know a bit more than I do about that one. Just mayhem, mate. Absolute mayhem. May- mayhem, go on then. Sounds interesting. What's like, going on? No one, like, there's so many teams within about five, six points of each other. No one really wants to win it by the looks of it. Um, so, obviously, AC Milan would lead in for quite some time. And then they didn't take advantage of their results. So, they drew against Verona when they would have gone a bit clear. Uh, they haven't played yet this weekend. But Sassalou are currently top. Like I said, Milan have the game in hand. But Sassalou are top on 18 points. And then six points below them is ninth place. So there's nine teams within three wins of each other. Uh, Juventus, Roma, AC Milan, Inter Milan, Napoli, Atalanta and Lazio are all between Sassalou and Verona. So the big six are in between two average teams, basically. But it, it just, you can't, it's too hard to predict who's going to win it this year and who's even going to get Europe places at the moment because so many teams are just doing so well. All the big guns are doing well this year. And then obviously Sassalou's also doing quite well. It's quite it's shaping out to be quite, quite a competitive um, season over there. I wouldn't say it's great, but... Yeah, it's a bit I'm like sure. our season over here. Like, we just don't... We can't predict it at the moment. And I guess that's Makes good a from a neutral point of view. But if you're supporting a team in either of those leagues and you see this opportunity... This is the best chance any team in England or Italy has have had for ages. You know, we were talking about any team in England like currently being able to win it. We haven't had that for pff, over ten years. Easily, yeah, from, yeah. Even the season Leicester won it. That was um, sort of a one yeah. horse race. No one could really keep up with them. Yeah, that was just either. them just constantly winning, getting results when no one expected them to. Do. But in Italy, we've always like it's always Juventus early on; they just run away with it. Whereas this year, a team like Sassuolo could win it if they keep up the form. You know, yeah. they're, they're not a bad side. You expect them to be top half, but they they haven't lost this season. Uh, they've beaten they haven't really they've beaten Napoli, uh, drew against Torino. But apart from that, they haven't played any of the big teams. So I'd imagine they will start to fall. But teams like AC Milan and Roma. You know, this is their chance, really, to really just go on, win their first league and put away yeah, a yeah. very long time. Like, I don't think uh, Milan haven't won it this decade, I don't think, in the last decade. It'll be nice to change them, wouldn't it? Yeah, so <laughs> I, I've always liked AC Milan because of the links they've had, the matches they've had with Liverpool. So it would be nice to see them win it. Um, yeah. And also the Zlatan fact is always a nice feel. <laughs> uh, Zlatan. But yeah, it's just mayhem over there. It's so hard to predict what's going to happen next. So let's touch upon your uh, always old favourite Ajax before we wrap up on the football front. How are they getting on at the moment? So they won again 
uh, yesterday. They won 5-0 at home to Heracles, Hercules, however you want to pronounce it. And it actually meant for the first time this season, well, for the first time in quite some time, they're actually pulling away from the rest of the teams. So the Tees, okay. who were sec- well, joint top with Ajax at the start of the weekend, and they were having a good season, they only drew away to Groningen. So because Ajax won, they've now got that two-point lead. PSV, who are obviously meant to always be up there, because of where they're currently winning as we're talking, they would also go two points behind Ajax. And Feyenoord won earlier, even though they had a man sent off early on. So they're now only three points behind. So the big three in Ajax are all within, uh, big three in Holland, sorry, are all within three points of each other at the top of the table with T's also up there. But the way Ajax are playing and the the dominant performances they've put in, unless they had a mass selling spree in January, I'd fully expect them to win the league this season. Uh, PSV, though, do have a very good squad. There's no doubt about it. They have got some very good players. They got Zahavi, who I don't know if you know, you guys know, but he's quite old. But he scored a lot of goals for Israel, and he's been playing in China uh, over the last few years. But he's not going to. I've never heard of him. Like he's he scores like 20 odd goals a season in China, which I, I know isn't that impressive, but you still got to be decent to score it. And before that, he's at Maccabi Ta- uh, Tel Aviv in Israel. Oh, Max uh, Tel like, Aviv, yeah. Yeah. And he was scoring 20, 30 goals a season there as well. So he's a dominant goal scorer. He's gone over there. He hasn't scored many so far this season. He's only scored one in four or five games. But they've also got a youngster called Danielle Mallon, who used to play for Arsenal's Youth Academy. Now, he kind of had a breakthrough last season. And in the first half of the season, he scored about 10 goals. And then all of a sudden, he got like injured and he just stopped getting played. But he's come back this season and he's scoring goals. They also have... Um, oh, sorry. Um, FM, if anyone plays FM, Max Demalio <laughs> you know Romero. Yeah, we all know him, don't we? From Valise Sarsfield. Yeah, absolute wonder Blimey. kid. They signed him uh, a few years ago. Uh, he, they loaned him back out to the Argentinian club and he scored one and one this season. But he struggles with injury. And they also signed from Dortmund on a free agent, Mario Goetze. So that was oh, quite the capture, yeah. He scored yeah. two and three so far. He's not playing today. But I still expect Ajax to win because they've got such a good squad. But PSV will definitely provide the competition they give every season. So football's ha- having a good year, I think. Yes, it's, it's helping distract from the current disaster the world is. Yeah. Bill, I think you want to talk about League One, my friend. I think you've, I've seen the chat. Go on, hitters. What's going on? PSG lost, lads. They lost on Friday oh, night man. to Monaco. They actually went 2-0 up and Mbappe scored both of those. And then they, I think they had Mbappe thought he had his hat-trick goal, but that got ruled out for VAR. And then Monaco came back and won the game. Fabregas getting, getting a, having a good performance. I think he got an assist as well. Um, he got an assist and a goal. Oh, even better. He came on at ha- he came on at half time when they were two 0 down, and completely changed the game. There you go. Yeah, there's life in the old dog. Yeah, years old or something. 32, 33, 34, somewhere around there, and he's coming on, changing the game against a team that includes Kylian Mbappe and Neymar. That's Crazy. just quite oh, something. Right, like, he could still be doing it at any top club. There's no yeah. doubt about it. But 
it, it, I mean, we, 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 we say every year PSG will probably just cruise the league, but if someone could just string a run together, I mean, PSG is still four points ahead, let's not forget, so I'd still yeah. back them to win the league, but I guess it's just always nice to see them lose. And to be honest, looking at the league table, they've already lost three times. Now, if we could just get a side, you know, that could string a, a winning run together like Monaco did uh, a few years ago, then they might be able to dethrone PSG this season, but... Still, I, w- I, I still think it will be PSG to um, to win the league, especially because they have Mbappe yeah, and Neymar. Yeah, it's a league. I don't expect too much to change either way. Mm. I think That's it all does league. come down to injuries, though, because obviously with the compact schedule, we've already seen them miss Mbappe a few times. They've missed Neymar quite a bit already. Mm. And if you apart from those two players, you don't really have any world-class players. So you got Cardi and Di Maria, but they can't really carry the PSG team like Neymar and Mbappe have done over the last few years. So I think if we saw Mbappe say get coronavirus and Neymar be injured, that's two three weeks where PSG are going to struggle. And that's when the other teams really need to pounce. Because that is the only chance that any team has of winning the league this year. Is if Mbappe and Neymar miss a bunch of games. You're going to need a big uh, a long injury for that one, aren't you? Yeah. So now it's time to take a look at our sporting highlight of the week. Um, Gary, you can kick us off this week. If you, I think you've got a good one for us. Yeah, so it's a moment that I spoke about briefly in the Prem Focus whilst we were watching the England game. But it's Phil Foden's magical turn against Iceland. It was a terrible high pass by Harry Maguire. And Foden controls it, like, not superbly, but he turns brilli- absolutely brilliantly and just runs onto the ball. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it it kind of reminded me of Ronaldinho a little bit, just the yeah, way. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I was watching it at the same time as you. I remember, it was a, it was a great goal. No like, about that. he didn't he didn't want to stop the ball dead on. He wanted it to roll on, and I think he executed what he wanted to do perfectly. And it's the best piece of skill I've seen in a very long time. He then ran onto it, did a little, I don't know what it's called, but like a little zigzag thing, uh, and then he let himself down <laughs> with the back hill, but. It, the turn itself was unbelievable. He left his man like for dead, basically. Um, I don't like. He definitely needs to be given more game time by City. I was a bit disappointed that he only signed off the bench yesterday, because um, I think if he gets into that City team, he can definitely be a real game changer for them. And I think that like he can easily replace David Silva in that team right now. So I would like to see him play more, but. That turn was just unbelievable, and that was one moment of the week. No, no, that, that was definitely a good one. I remember watching the game. I think he's going to be England's future star. Um, I think the sky's the limit ready for Phil Foden. He's going to be a great player, a pivotal, a pivotal player in England team for the years to come. Now, Bill, what have you got for us? So I'm going to go with Dominic Tm making the the tour ATP Tour Finals. Um, I just think it's a culmination of the year he's had. Um, He's been super consistent, winning the U.S. Open, his first Grand Slam title. I think as we as we're getting towards the end of this year, it, it sort of feels like a the start of a new era, really. And with Dominic Thiem being at the forefront of that, with Federer, as we all know, is getting on a bit, and Djokovic and Nadal are in their mid thirties now. Um, he looks best place, like Gary mentioned earlier, to be the one that sort of steps out of the shadows and really takes takes on the baton of winning. Winning the Grand Slam titles, I think 
The only thing that's missing on his CV is that big Grand Slam final performance against one of the big three, and that will sort of confirm what we what we all think and what we what we hope to see from him. But yeah, he's had a phenomenal year, so he would be my sporting highlight of the week. Yeah, I mean that's a good one. I think I've just decided my one. It's a, it's a bit of a strange one, but I think the the, the package has been agreed for the uh, English Football League clubs now. Um, by the government and for other sports is a, is a good step because um, so we don't know how much longer the virus is going to go on for. Um, hopefully it's coming to an end soon with the vaccine coming out. But um, clubs have definitely been hit by the this, this coronavirus wave. Um, we were worried lots are going to go out of um, out of running, but most of them managed to hang around. Most of them have been, had some financial support, which is good. So now that it's good that something in place to keep these clubs operating um, over the winter months and then into the new year. Hopefully things will be back to normal soon. Um but yeah, it's, it's just nice to see that the thing's been put in place finally. So it's taken too long, but things finally in place for them. Yeah. yeah, hopefully it means no teams end up going under as a result of coronavirus. Uh, it was definitely a big worry between the yeah, teams yeah. for sure. And we don't know how much longer this is going to go on for. Um, we're all hopeful this will be done and dusted <laughs> soon. But um, obviously, I, 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 I'm, I'm a glass half empty person. Um so I like to be I like to be cautious, but I'm not optimistic. So we could we could be seeing. I think hopefully things back to normal, maybe midpoint next year. We we at best case. Um, so it, it was definitely a concern that there was still won't be fans in the ground to some of these teams that really do need the money. So it's, it's great that it's in place now, and um, they'll, they'll be able definitely be able to survive now moving forward. Mm. So moving on to our final segment of the week it is Chris Smalling again. Um, Unfortunately, the person who's competing with me this week isn't going to be here, which is Simon. So it's going to be a rematch versus the bill. Uh, I can confirm the bill that there is no advantage for me this time in knowing roughly what to look at on the news. So it's, it's, it's going to be open. It's going to be an open quiz. Um, I'm not going to have a clue of the answer still. So there's a good chance this could be a nil-nil if it comes down to a tie break. <laughs> yeah, so so Gary, this week's questions, I must admit, are a lot easier than usual. Um, okay, this is worrying. <laughs> mainly because still... there, there hasn't really been much going on this week, so I, I've kind sport. of gone for a lot easier. Um, no, so you've only got one football question each, and that'll be your third and final questions each. And then the tiebreak question is another football question. So we are going to start with the reigning champion, Adam. And okay. it's a darts question for you. Ooh, okay. So who this week broke the record for a highest individual average for a match at the Grand Slam of Darts. The only guy I could think of is Van Gerwen. That's incorrect. Nabil, do you know who it was? I'm just going to name any random player. Uh, Peter Wright. No, so it was actually <laughs> Dimitri Van Den Berg. Yeah, I was going to get that. Who in his first group stage game scored uh, one with an average of 114.85, which mm. is pretty damn crazy. He's actually been on superb form during the whole tournament. He's he's demolished everybody, really. And I really wouldn't be surprised if he wins the whole tournament because he's scoring over 100 average every single game so far. So, Nabil, your first game, and it's a rugby union question for you. Really? So, yesterday, England beat <laughs> Ireland 18-7 in the yep. Autumn Nations Cup. Mm-hmm. But who scored all of England's tries? I feel like Nabil like might know. I am going to guess Ben Young. That's incorrect. Adam, if you had to go for a guess, what would it be? 
Damien Duff. I don't have a clue, mate. Never, I, got, I, couldn't, I couldn't give you a rugby player. Uh, so Johnny May was the uh, try scorer. He scored two tries. Owen Farrell oh. converted one of them and scored two penalties. So nil-nil after first question each. So Adam, Strong start. obviously the ATP Tour Finals final is today. Oh. But who is the reigning champion? Oh my god! Oh, it's so oh. easy, man. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know Neville. Okay, I don't know. Um, the only one I want to hedge my bets on Djokovic. Okay, but I don't think it is. Is it Djokovic? Neville, who have you gone for? It's it's a pass. It is. Oh, it's oh the no, man I, I tipped for this year's tournament didn't make it out of the groups. But he I is the reigning champion. He I can beat, only name you a few. He beat Dominic TM in last year's final. Yeah. Okay. You're lucky, Neville. I didn't know. Neville, <laughs> you've, this is probably the easiest question of the day, to be fair. It's snooker. Okay. So, Judd Trumps meets Ronnie O'Sullivan Very for the third consecutive year in the Northern Ireland <laughs> Open uh, to, today. But who has won it for the last two years? Ronnie. If you just Ronnie Sullivan, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's Ronnie O'Sullivan, surely. No. Judd Trump's won the last two. Fuck! <laughs> He's going for a hat trick today. He's 5 3 up. Oh, yeah, he needs four more frames for the hat trick. Early. I got it the wrong way around. One of them's world number one. One of them's the reigning champion. Uh, no. Judd Trump's the world number one and the reigning champion. Uh, <laughs> pain. <laughs> pain. So, Adam, your first football question. And this is nil nil. You both I have to get this right because if you no get that right, right. One, no so Yusufu Mukuko is <laughs> <laughs> not getting this. I'm probably not getting that one right. Made his Dortmund debut yesterday as they won five two away to Hertha Berlin. But how old is he? Oh my god! Why have you given him such an easy question like that for? Seventeen. Oh, he's got it wrong. <laughs> Oh, he got it wrong. How old, how old was he, Nabil? 16. Oh, I was one year out. I thought he was 17. He's 16 years and one Youngest day old ever. when he was made. Yeah. If he makes if he makes his debut in the Champions League in midweek, he'll also be the youngest Champions League player of all time. I didn't know that. I saw this on the news and I thought it was 17 for some reason. No. So basically, he wouldn't have been able to play till he was 17. But Dortmund were able to get a rule change in the Bundesliga, which would which allowed him to play this year. Oh, of course they did. He's been tra- training with them since around January time. So the bill for the win and to uh-huh. take back your easy. crown. Uh-huh. Which championship team came from two oh. 0 down at halftime oh, to win four two on Saturday? Bournemouth. And he's won. He's won. It's Bournemouth. That is correct. Dominic Gary, you are a joke. You are a joke. Yeah, Adam, like you, had, there were some pretty. Who do you think I'm going to know more? I don't want Bundesliga to championship. I know, I knew that result as well. All right, thank you for listening to this week's <laughs> no, Focus, no, 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 no. We do this the correct. Right. Oh, what a shame he's muted. If we just have a look at the uh, tiebreak question as we normally do, then which team currently tops the championship? Reading. Incorrect. Oh, if you unmute the bill, so you can have a go. <laughs> Sorry, it's Norwich. It's Norwich. What? It is Norwich. They lead four oh, five point. Bristol City also a point behind. So the bill is this week's champion. Well, it technically doesn't even count because I, I should have been playing Simon. So this is just ah, uh, this don't start with that, mate. I can mute you both and send the show if I wanted to at this point. <laughs> technically, the first ever quiz 
Oh, it's a shame to go. I can't hear you, mate. Um, Neville, how did, did you enjoy today's win? Yes. Oh, yeah. Did you? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, I Next did. week, obviously, we're doing a different type of quiz. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. We're having a quiz special. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So what's off for my next week, Gary? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to be taking part next week in the quiz. Oh, I, I will happily host the question. I like doing questions. I will happily... If you be the, question, you be the quiz master next week for Quiz Smallham, I think we can have a three-way quiz again next week. I reckon. Who? So me, Simon, and the Bill. Oh, a three-way quiz? No, yeah. I can do that. Don't worry at all. I will happily host the quiz next week. I'm looking forward to it. Congratulations, Bill. How are you feeling about your whim? Yeah, it... it... Right. Lovely. There we go. Nice brief, nice, nice brief statement uh, there from the winner. It's good to see sportsmanship. It's good to see sportsmanship. Bitter, uh, bitter, bitter. bitter. What bitter, bitter, bitter? It'd be shame of it'd be shame of Leicester one tonight, wouldn't it? It would be horrific. I might cry myself to sleep. So yeah, at least recorded this before the game and not after. <laughs> yeah, so it's good to see you in good spirits this week at least. Yeah, um, maybe we have to do it more often just to get everyone talking. <laughs> Well, guys, that would just be us on time for today. Thanks very much to everyone for joining us for today's Sunday show. I've been Nabil Islam. I've been Adam Noble. And I've been Gary Painter. See you all next week for the Prem Focus show. Thanks very much, everyone. Bye-bye now. Cheers for listening, everyone. Thank you.